Hello, I'm Cheryl McFadgen, and you're listening to Holistic Journeys. I hope this series will illuminate your life and that these stories of empowerment will inspire you. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Holistic Journeys. In today's episode, I get to interview my coworker, Brittany Crow. Brittany is often found in the world of physiotherapy, among the laser machines, TENS equipment, hydroculators, ultrasound equipment, needles, and cotton swabs. Brittany graduated from the University of Calgary with a Bachelor of Science in Kinesiology and continued her education at the University of Alberta, where she completed her Master of Science in Physiotherapy. Brittany is certified in Level 2 Manual Therapy, Functional Dry Needling, Anatomical Acupuncture, and TMJ TMD Management. Brittany grew up in rural Alberta with a passion for dance and learning. Dance injuries and experiences with rehabilitation fueled Brittany's passion for physiotherapy. Brittany enjoys spending time with her family, baking, and being outdoors. So welcome to Holistic Journeys, Brittany. I'm glad you can make it today. Um, As you know, I've been a massage therapist for a really long time. And over the years, I've had a lot of clients ask me a lot of questions. So a lot of questions about physiotherapy. So let's unpack some of this. (laughs) Sounds good. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. So when somebody has an injury, how do they know whether they need massage or chiropractic or physio? Um, it, it, this answer is going to happen a lot. It really depends uh, on the person. Each person has preferences and each case is different. But typically, if you go into one profession, say you have a car accident and you get whiplash, if you go in to see a physiotherapist and they think that you would benefit from massage or chiropractor, they'll let you know. Same with if you go in for a massage and your massage therapist thinks, hey, like I I think that your shoulder is still acting up. Why don't you go see a physio? So a lot of the time there's no harm going in. I think that's people's first step is that they don't know where to go so they don't go anywhere. And I usually tell people, just go see someone and they'll help advise you to where to go. And do individuals need a doctor's note if they want to come for physio or do they have to have an injury to see physiotherapy? No. So you don't need a doctor's note to see a physiotherapist. We're considered like a frontline care provider. Um, However, some insurance companies do require a doctor's note for coverage. So just check with your insurance company um, and your insurance provider to see if your if you need a doctor's note for coverage but to come see us you you don't need um a doctor's note as for um you know if you need an injury well no you don't most people that do come see us do have an injury however um some people just come because something doesn't feel right or they feel like they've lost strength in a certain area lots of different reasons and so we can get you in um we can you know set up an appointment check out your ergonomics everything like that you do a full body assessment and then go from there figure out the best treatment plan for you that's awesome because yeah i get a lot of clients that ask me do i need do i need to have an injury to go see a physiotherapist and i'm like no i 
you can just book up at the front desk and they'll hook you up and yeah uh, yeah if you feel if you feel that there's something that's not right that something's bothering you you're more than welcome to come see a physio and get an assessment is physio covered by most extended health benefits Yes. So most extended health plans do cover physiotherapy, but again, every plan and every amount of coverage is different. Um, so be sure to check your plan specifically. Also remember that some plans combine treatments. For example, you may have $500 coverage for the year, but that's not just for physio. That might be for physio and chiro and osteo and massage. So just, just check your plan and, um, because it's so hard to tell every plan is different right yeah just like with massage sometimes blue cross will cover a certain portion or a percentage and yeah exactly yeah so what's the most common injuries that you guys deal with see a wide variety of injuries at the clinic um but for example recently due to the pandemic and the switch to working from home a lot of people have a seen, you know, we've seen an increase in neck pain, shoulder pain, low back pain because of home desk setup and not the greatest ergonomics. During the winter, we have a lot of whiplash. And yeah, I imagine in the wintertime, you guys do see a lot of car accidents from especially being right on the highway there. It's it, I know between Calgary and Airdrie, it can get really ugly. <laughs> yes, and even just the the little accidents when the roads get super iced up at traffic lights and stuff like that, it can get pretty busy with that. And, and like I said, shoveling, like, you know, you haven't shoveled in months and all of a sudden we get a heavy, wet snow and your shoulder isn't happy from it. So we mm. see, we see lots of seasonal injuries. Uh, what kind of conditions or injuries, Brittany, would you refer for massage therapy in particular? most, or I, I shouldn't say for everyone, but uh, I refer most conditions and injuries to massage. Every experience with an injury is different. Every person um, has a different level of an injury. So it's, it's hard to say 100%. But for example, a person recovering from an ankle sprain that had a very mild ankle sprain and they're not really limping, they might come to physio for some exercises and strengthening and help with pain. And we might not refer them on, but a similar person who rolled their ankle and is limping a lot and has that same ankle sprain, we would refer them on because we are addressing the ankle, but there's lots of problems up the chain from limping. So problems in the hips, the shoulders, everything. Right. All, so all the compensating there, you know, muscles. Every case is different, but we, we, we do refer um, quite a few, you know. I think that with whiplash injuries, that's a typical balance of treatment. You know, you might see physiotherapy for the first few sessions, but we work very closely with massage therapy to try and get those clients back to their full normal self. So it just depends on the type of injury. But yeah, I would say most people or conditions we refer. So you guys, I always tell my clients that you guys get all the fun tools to play with uh, that you guys have all the fun toys <laughs> you have a lot of modalities that's for sure <laughs> so with ultrasound let's let's break it down and we'll talk about each one uh, in particular can you explain what ultrasound does and how effective is it in really uh re re removing scar tissue 
And what conditions or injuries would be best treated with ultrasound? Yeah. So I would say the first thing is with those these modalities, the research with any of them, the research isn't like 100% one way or the other. Um, just the nature of the, the therapy, it's very hard to do good solid research because you have to what we call double blind the study um, for a random controlled trial. Um, and it's just very difficult in physio. Most of the time, a client or a patient is going to know if they're getting the treatment or not. So that part is a little difficult to, you know, say how effective exactly. But the research does show with the majority of the modalities we use that if you use them in conjunction with other therapies, they are very effective. Um, and then different modalities. So, for example, you're talking about ultrasound. Um, ultrasound is can be really good for, you know, the um, to help those repair phases. So we have the different mechanisms or different phases of repairing. There's there's three phases. There's inflammation, proliferation, and remodeling, regeneration. So. With those, uh, if you if a client is, you know, what we call like stuck in it. So basically, you're not being that nice to your injury. It's still not healing the way we want it. Ultrasound is a form of mechanical energy, and it uses sound waves that pass through the tissue to help basically, you know, promote the tissue to help with healing. Okay. There, and that is a very general description of what it does. There's thermal effects and non-thermal effects. So you can use ultrasound to heat up tissue. Um, I find that, and the research shows that, you know, using ultrasound versus using a heat pack is very similar. So personally, I would use a heat pack because people enjoy it more. (laughs) That's good um, to know. (laughs) But, um, you know, for the non-thermal effects of ultrasound, they can, you know, help with that, um, it has the capacity to stimulate and enhance the normal events that take place. So if you have, I wouldn't say we can quote, get rid of scar tissue, but if we in the phase of healing where the the fibers are aligning in the proper way, we can help promote that. So there's less likely to get that. So it's not like we're speeding up. I think that's a misconception that we're, we're speeding up the healing, but we're giving it the most optimal um, way to heal. So ultrasound would be really good for those acute um, ankle sprains or wrist sprains or knee. Um, personally, I tend to use ultrasound more for those superficial tissues or ligaments. I mean, they're not super, like right on the surface, but the further down you try and use ultrasound for like further layers down in the tissue, the the sound wave dissipates. So it's not as effective. So we try to use it for like thumb, you know, tendons in your thumb is really great or a sprained wrist or a sprained ankle, those kind of things. Oh, that's good to know. Um, Because yeah, I've always wondered what, what exactly ultrasound does. I mean, I knew it kind of sort of broke up scar tissue, but I didn't know, I didn't know actually it heated the muscle up. So it sort of helps promote circulation. 
And it depends, it depends on what um, settings the therapist chooses. So there's what we call the thermal effects of it and the non-thermal effects of it. So, they, they, you know, we say they're split up and in research we split up, but realistically they probably happen together too. Um, but with those acute injuries, as you know, if an injury just happened within the last 24 to 40 hours, we don't necessarily want to heat it up. So that's why we might choose the non-thermal effects to still get that stimulation or enhancement of the normal events. Um, but we're not going to then heat the tissue and hopefully not increase inflammation and things like that. And you guys recently just got a shockwave machine at the clinic. <laughs> yes, we did. What, uh, what conditions are most beneficial for shockwave? Proposed effects include promoting um, neurovascularization, especially of tendons. So the research right now is really focusing on tendons. So the proliferation, all those different phases of healing. But the research, it, it works on many different things, especially for inflammatory things. Oh. The research is showing really um, positive effects for tendons or connective tissues. So, you know, some some different injuries or issues that might benefit from it are usually a bursitis, usually not right, right in those 24 to 48 hours. We kind of wait for that acute phase to go away, but those short, those chronic shoulder bursitis, tendonitis, calcific tendons, um, plantar's fasciitis, like those are all, notice how they all have itis. Those are all those inflammatory, um, issues we we say there are some things like um some trigger points that it can help for but because we recently just got it i've i tend to use it most for those connective tissues that are angry inflamed you know haven't haven't had that optimal healing time so there's like i said there's lots of modalities that we use and that we try and it's a combination of i wouldn't say that and our clinic truly believes in a rounded approach to treatment. So it's not just that just shockwave is going to be the answer for you. It might be shockwave with something else. And there are people that we wouldn't do shockwave on. You know, we, we tend not to do, it's contraindicated to do shockwave on those that are pregnant or have a pacemaker, you know, in the area of the pacemaker things like that, but your, your therapist would go over all of that with you. And I think it's on our clinic website too. And is it painful? Um, so it, it feels like someone's snapping an elastic band on your skin. <laughs> so, I mean, in the grand scheme of treatment, like that's, that's a common misconception is physio has to be painful. And I would say yes and no. So, um, you know, it's not the old saying, no pain, no gain. Sometimes you do have that, that pain or that increase in um, pain for the short term. However, it's not just pain for no reason. Um, so, um, for example, with the shockwave, you, you're trying to stimulate the tissue. You're trying to cause an inflammatory response as opposed to the acupuncture or not acupuncture, the ultrasound that is trying to calm that down. This is trying to promote that. Oh, okay. So, um, you know, we usually tell people after you get shockwave, it's normal to be sore. It's normal to feel achy. And that's usually why we leave, you know, 
a good week in between treatments. So for clients that think that it has to be painful for it to be effective, what what's your response to that? Everyone has different pain levels and everyone has different um, thresholds of pain. So it's really hard to say that it has to be painful to be effective. Um, I would say, yes, some things are painful. Like um, <laughs> some, it, it, yeah, some treatments are. I usually tell clients, as bad as it sounds, I'm allowed to hurt you, but you're not allowed to hurt yourself. So (laughs) typically, treatments can have some discomfort. I wouldn't call it full pain. Um, But again, everyone's pain level is different. But if I give you exercises or um, self-treatments for home, I wouldn't expect you to push into pain necessarily. We want to you know, ride that fine line between getting progress, but not angering the system. Right. Yeah. I took a Chinese Tuina course quite a while ago. And I know in the Chinese culture, they feel like, um, you have to re-tear a muscle and then it will heal properly with exercises and proper movement uh, therapies that all the muscle fibers will heal in the direction of movement and so you kind of have to re-injure it or re-tear it for it to heal correctly I would say um you know um theories like soft tissue work or dry needling or things like that where you're trying to release a muscle it's a similar school of thought you're not trying to tear the muscle but you're trying to get the muscle in the most optimal position to then work or do its job and um the theory you were saying about the muscle aligns the fibers in the direction of the demand, that definitely happens. There's a lot of research on that with bones, with Wolf's Law of, um, you know, the pressure that's put on bones as you're growing and developing means that bones get stronger and thicker in certain areas, depending on how you carry yourself and things like that. Um, So we know that that happens with tissues. I just, I'm, I'm not sure if I believe you have to tear it to, <laughs> to make it better. <laughs> well, he was explaining. You never know. Uh, Research is always changing. Well, that's right. And, and this fellow, he was a traditional Chinese medicine doctor. And he was saying in China, how they treat fo- frozen shoulder is they whip the arm up over the head and re-tear the muscle. And then they get the client to go through all the planes of motion. And, and I, I, I said to him, I said, in Canada, you would be sued because I thought, oh my gosh, like, uh, like we're trained the opposite but he, yeah he also said to me he didn't like the north american model because he said he finds it very ineffective he didn't feel that it was right to see three separate practitioners um that you you know you have to see physio chiro and massage whereas in china i guess in some places or all places there you just see a traditional chinese medicine doctor one person that does it all and then you're out right. the door well, for the example of the frozen shoulder, that like yes, we would we wouldn't necessarily rip the arm. You would send them to a surgeon to do that. They, that's their responsibility. <laughs> it's amazing how different cultures or different countries treat things differently. I find exactly. that really pretty fascinating. <laughs> exactly. So, with like, what is dry needling, uh, Brittany, and how is it different from acupuncture or intramuscular stimulation? So, good question. Um, We get asked this a lot. 
dry needling is, I would say, an umbrella term. In the technical sense, both acupuncture and IMS or functional dry needling are forms of dry needling. So when a needle is being inserted without anything being injected, that is known as dry needling. When a needle is inserted and something is being injected, such as cortisone, that is wet needling. So in the broad scheme of things, both are dry needling. However, IMS, intramuscular stimulation, and functional dry needling are different than acupuncture. So they use the same type of needle and they have some similar suggested effects. However, they're different needling. For example, there's traditional acupuncture, which is based off of more Eastern medicines, covers a bigger scope of ailments that they would treat. And then there's what most physiotherapists do, which is functional acupuncture, where you learn some of the traditional aspects of acupuncture points. However, the points that we do are more for those functional muscle injuries, pain, inflammation, things like that. We we don't deal as much with like, um, I shouldn't speak for everyone, but most physiotherapies don't do acu- acupuncture for like quitting smoking or for like those kind of things for internal organ type of things. Most of the time, what physiotherapists do is called functional acupuncture. And it is more for the muscles, the joints, the inflammation of the body, things like that. So that's more the acupuncture side of things. And then there's functional dry needling or IMS, which is finding a trigger point or a top band of the muscle and inserting the needle into the muscle in like a a pistoning fashion. So the needle might be moved around a little bit um, to release the tension in the muscle. And there are many suggested effects. And again, like I said before, research is still ongoing. It's still kind of, we don't know the full effects. We know that it can be very effective, but we don't exactly know the mechanisms of why. There's lots of suggested mechanisms Mm -hmm. like... um, for dry needling, you know, you're getting that local twitch response. So most people will tell you it feels very weird because your muscle starts twitching without you (laughs) knowing why it's twitching. So we know that that twitch response can trigger um, a nociceptive substance or chemical to be released to help with like an analgesic effect. We know that it's actually relaxing the muscle. Um, We know that there can be, similar to what you were saying about little tears, there can be regeneration of the muscle. Um, There's, you know, this stretch may allow sarcomeres to return to their resting length. So basically the muscle fibers go back to their resting length. But again, we don't overly know why yet. There's lots of theories, but we just know that most of the time, it can help offload tension. It can help with pain. We know that it can help what, what, what we use the analogy, like reset the muscle or relax the muscle to help us get in, in that most optimal position to do then do your exercises or your muscle retraining. And that's why that whole rounded approach is very important. That's fascinating yeah it's good to know all this stuff because I I, like I when clients ask me I don't really know all the ins and outs or the particulars about all of that so that's that's good for you to explain it to me as well (laughs) 
Yeah, and they, it's kind of funny, actually. They stumbled upon dry needling um, when doing a research trial for cortisone or injections, for injections. So wet needling. They needed a control group. So they decided we're going to poke people with a needle because they're going to know if we're going to poke them or not. And then they decided that they just wouldn't inject anything. And, and well, unfortunately slash fortunately, um, fortunately for us, the people that just got poked were improving as well, even though they weren't getting injected with anything. So then they were like, hmm, we need to look into this further. And then functional dry needling, IMS, whatever you want to call it, came about. Okay. And another modality that you guys offer at the clinic is laser therapy. What does that do, Brittany? And how effective is it? And what injuries or conditions would best be treated with laser? So... We use at our clinic what's called a low-level laser um, therapy, which is an effective tool for helping with inflammation. Uh, Research shows that it can help with the reduction of inflammation. Um, It can help with pain relief, and it can help with that tissue regeneration as well. It's stimulating that proliferation phase of the the healing model. in physio, we we use it for all three of these things. But some common conditions that we could use it for would be, you know, those those shoulder impingements or rotator cuff issues, some tendonitis or tennis elbow issues. Um, you know, some people with osteoarthritis or rheumatoid arthritis can use it as well. A lot of the time, since it helps with inflammation and pain, if you're having chronic inflammation or pain, we could try the laser to help. Again, I I know I've said this with everyone, but it's not just using a laser. So um, some some clinics do that, and that's perfectly fine. But our, our treatment model within our clinic is that you might get the laser treatment as well as some soft tissue work or some dry needling or acupuncture. So we're trying to add plus exercises and home routines, things like that. So you get hopefully a better full effect. Yeah. I've seen you at the clinic using, uh, you know, laser machines and then also maybe applying a heat pack on afterwards, following up with some stretches or uh, yeah. muscle strengthening training. So that's, that's good. Do a lot of client do a lot of physio clinics do um, sort of the layer treatment like you guys do? I would say yes. It's hard, it's hard to say because every clinic's run differently and every therapist's treat differently. You know, there are some some clinics, um, like we recently just got shockwave. We didn't have it previously, so it wasn't necessarily in our daily treatments to do it because we didn't have it available to us. And for example, some clinics don't have laser in their clinic, so they might not be able to use that as well. But, um, you know, my hope is that a lot of the clinics are now kind of going to that full rounded model. It's, it's, it's been proven more and more with research that each modality on its own can do some good, but all together, it can do a lot of good. And now with, I've seen you guys have uh, pamphlets at the clinic regarding platelet-rich plasma injections. Mm -hmm. Uh, What kind of injuries, like, first of all, what is 
platelet-rich plasma injections and what kind of injuries or conditions is that uh, would you refer out for that and how does that differ from uh, prolotherapy and, and maybe you might want to explain a little bit of what prolotherapy is too right so um I would say platelet-rich pro sorry platelet-rich plasma injections or PRP we we always shorten it because it's it's a mouthful um, <laughs> it is <laughs> PRP it it's created by collecting you know the client's own blood and taking out the platelets and growth factors from that and then creating an injection to go back into the client. Um, it's injected into the site or injury guided by ultrasound. Um, so let me preface that. We don't do it at our clinic. You would definitely be referred out. Um, um, but the, the theory is that that PRP or that platelet-rich plasma injection can stimulate your body's own healing process and help with those very stubborn issues or injuries. Um, you know, it's just becoming a, more common now. It's been around for a little while. However, in recent years, it's gained a lot of attention with athletes and stuff like that. Um, the process, it can be, you know, for like a rotator cuff tear or things like that, where we can help manage the pain and improve the function. But that might help the healing process a little more. I know recently I referred a client for um, uh, a wrist tear. So she teared a ligament in her wrist and it just wasn't seeing the improvements we wanted. The thing with PRP as well as Prolo is it's not covered by Alberta Health Services. So clients would have to pay out of pocket for it. Um, and then depending on the, the injury depends on how many treatments you would need. So that's something you would discuss with the doctor that you get referred to. Um, yeah, some private insurance covers it, but but not all. And then it, it all depends on what you've tried, basically, and where you're going to go from there. The versus prolotherapy, it, it's also an injection that is ultrasound guided. But it's a local anesthetic and like a, a sugar or a dextrose that's injected into a tendon, tendon or a ligament or a joint. Um, so typically with this, we would see more, um, more of those like, yeah, ligament, tendon issues. I mean, to be honest, I, if I think that somebody would benefit from one or the other, I don't specialize in you know, determining which one, I would just refer them to a clinic that does them, let them do the assessment, and then they can work that out with the doctor. Because, you know, I might refer them for a prolo, and then they decide, no, PRP is the best way to go. And then, then that's their expertise, not mine, I'll take it. <laughs> so, um, but it, it all depends on the person and the injury. You know, I haven't had to do a lot, because luckily, um, we haven't had too many people that have, you know, needed it. So, um, but it is becoming more common and you might see it more and more. Is it something that you'd sort of uh, refer out for as a last resort if none of the other, like if laser, if ultrasound, a shockwave doesn't seem to be effective? Is that when you would sort of refer out for that sort of thing? Yeah, 
Yeah, I would say um, not necessarily a last resort, but definitely you want to try that conservative rehab first. So even though this is technically not surgery, you're you're having to get an injection uh, ultrasound guided. So same with like a cortisone injection. We would want to try and calm the, let's say it's a shoulder or a rotator cuff injury. We'd want to try and calm the pain and improve function, improve motion as best we can conservatively first. And the majority of time that works. So uh, we, we don't necessarily jump to refer to someone unless we, in our assessment, we deem it appropriate or we're not seeing the improvement we would want on reassessments. Then it's something we would consider, yeah. Okay, well, that's good to know. Um, and yeah, one last thing I have, uh, well, I've got two more questions, Brittany. Thanks for, thanks, okay. thanks for being so patient. Oh, um, not a problem. <laughs> thanks for listening to me. <laughs> when, when a client's looking for a physio clinic or specifically a physiotherapist, what should they know or consider when you're looking for the right physiotherapist to treat your injury or a specific condition that you have? I would say, first of all, it depends on your condition. So for example, not everyone treats the same condition or injuries. So, uh, you know, we can see children at our clinic, um, but there are certain um, childhood injuries or conditions that we would tell people, you know, I, I think you should go to the physio at the Children's Hospital or the Calgary Youth Physio, things like that. Um, okay. For adult issues or injuries, I would say, you know, see if their skill set matches up with what you're wanting. So, you know, you can um, go on to the <clears throat> clinic's website. Um, for people with dizziness or vestibular issues, not all physios um you know, are additionally trained in that area. So if you have, yeah, pelvic floor issues, that those are additional training for physiotherapists. Um, so if you're, if you're having a specific issue or condition or injury, make sure that the therapist you're seeing can address it first and foremost. Same thing goes with something like um, a modality like needling, acupuncture or IMS. Not everyone does it. It's an additional training. It's um, based on the therapist, uh, whether they want to do it or not. And so if that's something that you've been reading about and you're really interested in trying, then just make sure you pick a therapist that matches that. Um, I would say looking at reviews is great. Uh, however, remember that with any profession or industry that you get reviews that are, there's always going to be the outliers. There's always going to be the one-offs, the, the extremes. So I would say, make sure if you're looking at reviews, try and look at a well-rounded selection of reviews um, or ask friends and family. You know, there's a lot of times if you're living in a community, people will have seen someone or know someone that they saw, they enjoyed, and they'll tell you why. So ask them why, because what might've worked for client X who really doesn't like doing exercises and isn't going to do a bunch of stuff at home, that might not be what you're looking for. You might want to do those. So just ask why you liked that person. And then I guess lastly, if after your first session, 
if it's not what you were wanting, if personalities clashed, if it's not what you were expecting, don't be afraid to try someone else. I always tell people, I wouldn't be offended. We just want you to get better. So if I talk too much or if I'm not the person for you, go try someone else because the main, you are in control of your health and the main thing is that you're going to get better. Absolutely. Uh, and you were mentioning uh, pelvic floor, Brittany. For, for people that don't know what pelvic floor is, what does that do and how does that help people? And is that something that men and women can have worked on or is that just for women? No, it's for both men and women. And pelvic floor physio covers a wide range of issues. Um, but typically, um, it's pain down in that pelvic area or pelvic region. Um, you know, it's uh, issues with um, bowel or bladder, um, in pre or post pregnancy, men, you know, um, bowel or bladder, bladder issues for men or women. Um, you know, it's it's a, one of the most effective ways to treat those issues without being uh, super invasive. So um, I don't personally specialize in it, but I refer quite a few clients to it because, you know, if you're having chronic low back pain um, and I'm not finding any major issues going on, it could be some pelvic issues in that region. So there's lots of things. Um, but our website has a really good, um, list of conditions or things. So if you, if you're thinking like, Hmm, maybe that sounds like something just even the Alberta physiotherapy website has lots. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back after this message. I'm your blind spot. And my job is easy. Hide big things. You're good. And with your cut rate insurance, you could be paying for this yourself. So get all state. You can save money and be better protected from mayhem. Like me. Mayhem is everywhere. So get an all state agent. Are you in good hands? Contact Twyla Nicholson covering all of Alberta. 587-317-9398. And my very last question for you, Brittany, is a big one that I, I think a lot of people often wonder. I have a lot of clients that ask me this. Uh, how come you guys don't have chiros working with you? And, and I never quite know how to answer that. Um, and I've always wondered, why, um, why don't physiotherapists work alongside chiropractors? How come you don't see that very often? Um. So I think it's a bit of a myth that we don't work well with chiropractors or vice versa. Um, but we, so it tends to be, um, there, there are clinics that have physio, chiro, and massage all in the same clinic. Um, a lot of the times, you know, it, it just depends on when you're, when you're opening. We, we do very similar, we have very similar skill sets, and then there's, um, things that one group does that the other group doesn't and vice versa. So um, as a very, very generalization, chiropractors focus on the joints and the mobility of the joints um, and physiotherapists, physios look at the muscles, connective tissue, things like that. That being said, physiotherapists are trained to 
um, to assess joint mobility and uh, mobilize joints. And chiropractors are trained to look at muscles and things like that. So there's a lot of overlap. So potentially that's why they're not necessarily in the same clinic. But I think it's a myth that we don't work together because I, I know that I personally refer clients to chiropractors and I have chiropractors in the community that refer to us. So I think that whenever someone is getting multiple types of treatment at once, it's important to know what is going on from a therapy standpoint. So for example, if I do a treatment on a client and the same day they go to a chiropractor session and then the next day they go to a massage, well, we really don't know what treatment they're responding to. If they get flared up or angry, we don't know if it's because all of a sudden they did three treatments in 48 hours or if it's because there was one specific thing in the treatment that flared it up. So same with if you get better, we don't know, was it a combination of all three or was it because this one joint was out of place or this one muscle was causing the issue? So typically we, we, we um, tell people that, you know, we want to start with one type of treatment. We want to see how you improve. We, and then we will add treatments in or we will work with other professions and I think it's just important to keep that open line of communication on who you're seeing and what you're doing. Um, and for example, um, I don't manipulate um, joints in the spine. So spinal manipulations, I can mobilize the spine and mobilize joints, which the difference is, you know, that uh, chiropractors, that they call bone crackers is the, is the, uh, <laughs> The, the slang, I guess, um, that crack that you hear, sometimes you can get it what we call spontaneously. So if you're trying to move a joint through motion, I'm sure it's happened when you're massaging people and you're you're pushing and all of a sudden it goes crack, crack, crack up the back. So yeah, you sometimes bet. that can happen, <laughs> but we're not specifically trying to get that necessarily. We're just trying to mobilize a joint or move a muscle versus, and some physios do spinal manipulations, but I personally don't. So if I feel like a joint is, you know, the main driver of why someone has an injury that's persisting, I'll say, Hey, why don't you go see your Cairo, do a few sessions, then come back and follow up with me or, you know, things like that. So I, I do find it's a bit of a myth. A lot of people, and it's a lot of people's preference too. You know, some people much prefer going in for a Cairo session than they do getting poked and prodded by a physio or vice versa. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And that, that reminds me now of another question I had once from a few clients too. Is there a specific order? Like if a client were to go, uh, should they go for massage first and then to go physio or should they go for physio first, then massage? Or if they were going to go to a chiropractor, is there a certain sequential order that clients should go or to no, follow? there's no set recipe. Um, like every, every one and every injury is different. The, the main thing that jumps to mind is that, for example, a motor vehicle accident, you have to be assessed first by a physiotherapist or a chiropractor um, before you can get a massage. So to get that coverage, to get those um, covered sessions, you have to have the assessment first. Um from a physio or a chiropractor. Um, and then I guess another one that comes to mind is um, WCB. 
uh, workers' compensation, especially here in Alberta. I'm not sure the rules elsewhere, but they, they don't cover massage right now. So you would see a physiotherapist and then if we think that, or a chiropractor, and then if, if we think that it's important for you to get a massage, that's something that's covered out of pocket or your private insurance. Lastly, what do you do to keep your energy levels up? I know during these tough times, um, clients are going through a lot of stress, um, are dealing with a lot of challenges at home with homeschooling their kids. What do you do to keep yourself positive and um, keep your energy levels up to do your job? I, I There isn't one thing necessarily that I do. Um, I have my little family at home and my little daughter. And so we try and soak up as much of her energy as we can. Um, I would say you have to remember that you're helping people. You're doing your very best to help people and get them in a position where they can move forward through their day. Um, I had a conversation with a client not that long ago that, you know, there's the, the theory out there that everyone has their cup that needs to be filled from lots of different aspects uh, in their life. And everyone needs a little more than they can give right now. So I think that if you can stay positive and give what you can, it's going to just help cascade the chain. Kindness is contagious. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Well, thank you, Brittany, for being on on today's show, I really appreciate you taking your time out of your busy schedule. I know your little one's waiting for you behind the camera. So I really appreciate you doing this. I um, I love working with you and, and thank you for educating myself and also my clients, uh, the other listeners. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh gosh, not a problem. Thank you for having me. And I know that I kept things um, fairly general when it came to modalities, but you know, um, I'll give you the link to, or you have the link to the website, um, our clinic website, as well as the, um, physiotherapy Alberta website has a great explanation of different modalities. And if you want to look into the research of it, then that's there for you too. So, and if listeners want to come see you for a physio session, Brittany, where can they contact you? Um, the, they can go to the Airdrie physiotherapy and massage website. So we, there should be a link on there to book with myself, or you can send an email to the admin and it would be directed to me. Perfect. Thank you very much, Brittany. Have a wonderful day and a great weekend and enjoy the sunshine. Thanks. You too. Just wanted to let you know that we've got a new Facebook page. Come check us out at Holistic Journeys Podcast. Facebook page. We've got new art. We've got pictures and bios of all the guests that we've had on the show so far. We want to build a place of engagement. If you've got a similar story as to one of our guests or want to comment on any of the shows, this is the place to do it. Also, if you want to be a guest on the show or have a topic you'd like us to discuss, contact us. Email at info at luminarymassagetherapy.com. Holistic Journeys will be a monthly podcast where I not only discuss my passion for holistic health, 
but I also get to talk to practitioners and students from around the world that practice various modalities, and believe me, there are many. From Canada to the U.S. to the Southern Hemisphere, I will uncover these modalities and learn how they can help. You can reach me at www.luminarymassagetherapy.com or on Facebook at Holistic Journeys Podcast or on Instagram at Luminary Massage. Please rate, comment, and subscribe on any podcast app.